Welcome to Authors Revealed. Boy, do we have an interview for you. It's Abby Wambach. You'll know her as a gold medalist with the women's U.S. soccer team and also world champion of the women's national soccer team. She has had more goals than any man or woman in international soccer play, but she's here with an incredible book called Wolfpack. This is about becoming who you are, becoming a part of the Wolfpack, supporting one another, but being as strong as you can be. We are so excited. So welcome to Naperville and Andersons. This is absolutely fantastic to have you here. Thank you for having me. You know, my wife is an author and she has told me that you guys are the place to come when when I head to Chicago. So I had to get here and oh, see you guys. Well, we're so glad you're here. We have been waiting for this event and we have a lot of excited people here tonight. So, you know, I just wanted to tell you, I love this book and I've given it to my daughters and, you know, they were both into sports, you know, water, swimming and water polo were their game. and. You know what, the way they were, like you described being in a pack, you know, when you're that way, but you know, this book is about being packs of all different kinds yeah. and for women of all different ages. Well, yeah. I think that it's important because, you know, your daughters and myself, we have this uh, experience of being on this team. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of automatically like, you're already like in, you, you've yeah. got a pack, right? And then um, over the course of our lives, studies and in, in, in the statistics show that girls quit playing sports at an early age, uh, much faster than boys do. And then um, when we go off to college and, and then into the, of course, the inevitable work world, um, we become very siloed. And I think that it's really important that people understand that it's not just sports, sports. that yeah. can create these these packs. It's it's people that do it. And, and we have to be more proactive about creating the packs that we want to be a part of so that we can actually change the things that we want to change in the world. Yeah. And you know, I grew up with three brothers. You know, I never wanted to be a girl. I, you know, I never, we, I played football, put on pads, the whole thing, yeah. you know, but growing up. And it's just, this book, and the way you put it in such a succinct way, you know, we can read we can read books that go on forever, and yeah. you just you just lose track. You can't get into what it's saying. Yes. But you put it into words that just it gives you this this. I'm, I'm I am I'm going to get this pack. I know the people that I have around me that are already part of my pack, but I want to grow it yeah. and and support it. So I I think this book has such legs. Thank you. Thank it, you. And yeah. I think that just to your point. Um, I think that uh, I spent my life in in huddles, right? Like right. we're right, ready to go out on the field, and so we need to have like one last moment, one blast moment. And the irony is, oftentimes I would be so amped up and so like mm -hmm. uh, overcome with emotion that I would like fumble my words, right? Right. So yeah. being mo as succinct as you possibly can, and and also I think that right now our ability as people to find the time. And to have, you know, the focus and the attention to be able to sit down and actually read a book is hard. And I want this also to be uh, accessible to children. And I wanted this to be accessible to men. You know, at the beginning of the book, I write about in, in the note to the reader, it's an invitation for men to find themselves in art that was created by a person who identifies as a woman. You know, so many women have had to do that yeah. for since forever oh, for yeah. all the works that men have created in, in, in the art world. So... Um, 
Yeah, it's exciting. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. And I think it's, you know, it's really timely right now. When you think of the misogyny we're seeing, we're seeing the, so much of the prejudice among lots of different groups and the hate we're seeing. I think this is a way to form those groups that we can support one another and do, do, we can talk about our humanity in all the right ways. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to, this book for me, was a, it, it was really helpful for me to figure out what it was that I believed. You know, when I when I tried to sit down and write this Barnard speech, I really wanted to I really wanted to tell them what I knew. And before I could tell this graduating class what I knew, I had to tell them what I I had to figure out what I believed. And before I could figure out what I believed, I had to figure out how I came to believe some of this stuff. So there was a there was a a, a journey that I had to go through to create this Barnard speech and I'm so glad that I did because it taught me so many things about leadership. Um, you know, the the points in this book, some might resonate and others might not find, right? Leave yeah, the ones right, out. Sure. You might not have seen them, you might not have experience in them. But it's supposed to be able to give women language around some of the feelings that they've had in their life. Um, and, and thankfully, my wife, who hasn't really had a lot to do with the sports world, she, I mean, she's still constantly pointing out things that I just do naturally because of my athletic experience and my mindset and the shift that I've made, you know, with making failure my fuel and championing others. Um, it's just been really special because, and I, and I encourage everybody out there, whether you read this book or not, I encourage everybody out there to figure out what it is that you believe yeah, right. and then track it back to a little bit further, go a little bit deeper and find out why you believe that stuff, right? And if it's good, if it serves you still now, you know, like read the book or not, doesn't matter to me, but I'm trying to give solutions to all of the, all of these these feelings and these microaggressions and the mis misogyny that you were talking about. Yeah, right. Well, so tell us a little bit how the book came to be, because you, you mentioned the, the Barnard speech, and yeah. I think it's so cool that you've gone back to the things that you believe right. and never really put it into those words that someone else could understand and take them and, and take it their way. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of how that speech came to be and how Wolfpack, the book. Well, I think that... Um, I think that understanding why this book happened uh, and why my brain started to operate this way, I have to go back to this SB story. Um, I was standing on stage with Kobe Bryant and Peyton Manning and I, I was overcome with this uh, emotion of just gratitude. Uh, we were all getting this icon award. I felt like we women, we had finally made it. Um, you know, they're finally seeing eye to eye with us. They're finally recognizing us. Uh, and then, you know, the lights turn off, the camera, the red light turns off and we, we go to walk off stage. And all three of us actually were walking into very different retirements. And what happened at that point for me is what shifted my mindset about, and my reality, right? Because I played mm -hmm. on the women's national team for 15 years. So I, and I was, I was invited into certain rooms and I was given seats at certain tables. So I, was, I had lived in a privileged position. I had lived in, in a position of power for a lot of my life. And, then, and so I thought, though, I, saw, I thought the rest of the rules didn't apply to me, right? Here I am getting this award and then in the very next moment this anger starts to arise and this awareness, this keen awareness that, oh, it doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how many records you break. It doesn't matter how many championships you make. This is every woman's story, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. And that's that night I thought about it. Uh, and of course, like, like all women do, I tried to figure out what 
what my responsibility was in it. Um, how how could I have done something different, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, and because of that, I started to develop this mindset of not just okay, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to make sure that 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 this doesn't happen to another person, not just from my team, but for women everywhere. So I want I I my, my, I'm in search of equality, and I'm in search of equality for all industries. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, I know you're doing it with the, with the lawsuit that's happening yeah. with everything. It's, it's so serendipitous. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, like the timing of this feels like so perfect. Um, I had no idea the women were going to file this lawsuit, uh, and it's and it's been it's been so wonderful for me. It's actually been really healing for me because I spent so many years on the national team negotiating our our contracts with U.S. Soccer, um, and now I'm thinking back. Could I have pushed harder? Could I have done more to ensure, not just for my own retirement, uh, but to ensure more for, for somebody else? Because here's the deal with the women and the big argument that's out there that I just have to, I have to get out. Uh, people say that the men's team brings in more money, so of course they should earn more money. But it's just false. That is not true. In 2015, the women's team brought in $6.6 .6 million, and the men's team brought in two. So, okay, people, let's be done with that debate because it's over. And the other part of this whole thing is that it's not just about the women making money. This lawsuit is about respect. It's about freedom. And it's about also um, bringing a, an education to why women are... Uh, treated unequally, whether it be through uh, through equity, through through pay, or through through treatment, it's because in 1994 the men's the men's program, the MLS, they started this huge league, and they planned to lose hundreds of millions right. of dollars developing yeah. it. Yeah. So it takes money to build a brand, and that's something the women's team hasn't really had a lot of access to. So, for me. I'm here, it's so serendipitous that I get to be able to say the things that maybe yeah. they might be a little bit afraid to say, like when I was there, when I was in it. Exactly. Um, and, and hopefully this, this shows that this, this potential win for the women's national team could be a bigger, broader win, win for, for women everywhere. Everywhere. And when you think about, you know, there's always these stats that come out, you know, 82 cents to the dollar. Yes. Or, or talking about how few women are at the top of the major corporations. Yes. I mean, we can go. Yes. On and on and on yes. with the inequalities of what happens between women performing as well or better, and not well, we get, haven't yeah. even discussed that. Well, we well, haven't, yeah, well, yeah, we haven't yeah. even discussed the fact that the women's team, and this is not well, to slight the men, but the women's team actually wins championships. Yeah, and they win Olympics and World Cups. Like so, so there is nothing about this debate that makes sense for these women to be getting paid less than. And listen, we're not also, we're not saying the women deserve to be paid more, though there's actual argument for that. Well, yeah. But we're sure. not saying that. That's not, that's not the, the opposite of patriarchy is not matriarchy. We are not asking for more. We just want to be treated equally. Yeah. yeah. And when you see women in sports and when they perform like a team and what that translates so much more to girls and everybody thinking about sports and other things because you guys inspire them in such a different way. Yes. And I, I don't mean to diss men on that score, no. but it's just a different thing yeah. and what it can do. Well, and, and like I was saying earlier, how, 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 how little girls drop out of playing sports at, a, at an early age, well, it's, a, it's, it's all about having representation and having the ability to go play somewhere. Now, there's so many professional sports for men to go play into to actually make real money. But women have to make really difficult decisions because first of all, 
uh, most most professional athletes, most female professional athletes, have to actually hold another job to be able to do their sport. Um, so the line, the pipeline to that, does, it, it's not like it's not um, it's not on a silver platter. So for me, the lessons that I learned playing sports, you know, we could talk about all the CEO, the women CEOs in the world. A 96% of them actually played collegiate or university sport. That's an amazing statistic. And we can't lose sight of how important sports and how important a role sports play for women, their development, their confidence, and their ability to step into exactly who they need to be themselves That's and right. themselves alone. And I saw that happen for my $2 all the way through college. Yes. What that did for them. What yes. it really did for them. So I, I absolutely love the way you put this book together with the eight rules. Thank you. And all the things at the end of each chapter. But, I, you know, there's one thing I want, and I, I think we're going to give you the book for this. You'll have to read it. It's, okay. it's not out yet, but it's an advanced reader's copy. It's a book called Stepsister, and it's from an author named Jennifer Donnelly. Oh. This is taking what well, you mentioned, the fairy tale yeah. of Little Red Riding Hood. Yes. You talk about, you know. What happens? Tell us a little bit about that, because that was a little bit of the inspiration for yeah. the pack. But tell us a little bit about that. This book talks about Cinderella. Yeah. And it talks about one of the ugly stepsisters. Oh, yeah. And she has a completely different view of who she is and why, why is she feeling better by herself, what she shouldn't be. Right. It's a fantastic book and how she comes out being oh, an I incredible warrior. A warrior. I can't read it. But that. it's wonderful. But she feels like there's a wolf in her heart that just wants to explode and get out of her. And of so Wolfpack just made me think about this book and just go, oh, yeah. the, the wolf in your heart has to get out. Yeah. And I think all of us women, yeah. we've felt it our whole lives. Yeah especially when we were really young, right? And then um, all of these messages, right? The messages of the Cinderella story, of the Little Red Riding Hood story. And it makes you start thinking about yourself because, oh, Little Red Riding Hood's a girl. What is this message? What is this story trying to tell us about what it means to be a girl? I need to stay on the path. If I go off the path, what's gonna happen? The big bad wolf is gonna come and all heck is gonna break loose, right? So for me, flipping this fairy tale on its head is about talking about the, the, the mixed messages we send our girls and our boys at very young ages and what that does to the human psyche. You know, I was lucky enough to play sport and I was really lucky enough to be really exceptional at it at a young age. That gave me a level of confidence that not many kids have access to. That's a privilege, right? And now I sit in a privilege of fame, right? And I have, I have access like, like I never had before. Um, and so being able to retell and redefine what these stories meant to me was really healing and I think important. And I think all of us have, have to figure out, okay, how have I been indoctrinated? Was it religion? Was it, was it the church? Was it, um, was it uh, the, the fairy tales? Was it, was it a, a, a poor family member? Um, whatever it was, we have to kind of go deeper into why we know what we know so that we can start figuring out what it is that we believe and if it's in line with what we want out of our life. You know, one plus one equals two. And, and if your life seems to be one plus one equals four, and it doesn't make sense. It's like, I, I, I keep hitting these roadblocks. Well, you have to actually do some real research into yourself before you can move forward and, and, and have a true blessed life. Well, it's like flipping that story for yourself individually, Yeah. but also to flipping the story because you have have two daughters. Yes. Flipping the story for the 
younger girls in our lives, right, yeah. too. Because yeah. we definitely have to flip the story and how it's told. No doubt. And I think yeah. that that's what this book is for me. Yeah. Um, it was a huge ins inspiration for me to write it. Uh, you know, I dedicated the book to, to our youngest daughter, Emma. And, um, and, you know, this is a book that I want them to read and I want them to come back to. Like, because sometimes I get it. Like, life is really hard and it's confusing. And, and the culture and the way that the culture is trying to impress upon us, like, the values. Uh, you, you're always trying to redefine yourself. You're always trying to work. And this is something that um, I think that, that people and women can continue to come back to time and time again throughout their life. Right. And, you know, and one of my favorite chapters was, uh, was the um, uh, lead from the bench. Yeah. I love that chapter. Yeah. And the examples you give on each one of the chapters are so brilliant. And that one especially, because it's a point of, you know, maybe it's time for me to step back and let others shine. Yeah. But I'm going to be there and, and, and cheer for them and be there when they need me. Yeah, the yeah. most important yeah. lessons of leadership, I think yeah. I learned right there on that bench. Yeah. And I would never have learned them had my perspective been different. Yeah. I would never have learned them if I just was a little bit more selfish um, and ego-driven. I think that it's so important because throughout my whole book, these are my personal stories, but the whole idea is for every person to find themselves in some part of these stories. So every person is going to be benched at some point, whether it be an actual bench or um, being left off the, the project or not given the promotion or, or, or home on maternity, maternity leave wondering if your colleagues are getting ahead. I think it's so important to remember and always come back to the fact that, that you are perfect and, and you are exactly the person that needs to be wherever the position you're in, you are, right? And I think that leading from the bench is, is a complete departure from your ego. And I know that when I, when I leave this earth, the, 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 the things that I'm going to think about in the end, the things I'm going to be most proud of, this isn't one of them. I scored a ton of goals. I've won a ton of medals. I've won a ton of uh, championships in my career. I've done a lot of amazing things. The way I responded, because this is the thing about the, the, the world that we live in. We live in a knee-jerk reaction world where we see something and it's like, oh, yuck, like, tag, whatever it is, right? Like, we have instant access to communicate our initial feelings. And oftentimes, we don't give ourselves a little bit of patience to be human beings. I think that, you know, my wife, we have a friend that um, her, her thing to her is save to drafts, right? So like your initial feelings on stuff, just save to drafts. Yeah. And then it might, it might you know, limit yeah. the kind of interactions that you're gonna, you're, you're gonna maybe regret in your future. Yeah. Same, same issue here. We have human realities. This, this, this chapter is about saying, okay, I'm a human being and I can be disappointed. I can be upset and that's okay. But we can't allow those initial feelings to make decisions for us that are going to make us feel regret or, or, dis or, yeah. or disappointed in the long, long run. run. Yeah. And that can be devastating. And the, all, the other one that I really like was talking about um, make failure your friend. Yeah. And I think girls, girls and women have a hard time with that. Yeah, well, we've been... Because made, the expectations, the, the things we've been that made come to, from, need yeah. to, We need to be perfect, right? Yeah. And it's just a, it's, a, it's a game of numbers. If there is one seat at the table or two seats at the table out of 14 seats, right, 12 men walk into the room and two women walk into the room, don't you think that the 12 men feel a little bit more comfortable in, in taking risk, in making a mistake? 
there's there's more opportunity them for them to be able to do that. And for women, there's less opportunity to be able to make mistakes. But we have to actually start banding together and flip that. We have to, we have to, we have to learn that those mistakes and those failures of our lives, because I don't believe that failures define us. I think the, the, the best people, the most successful people in the world are the, are the people that embrace failure as, as their fuel, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, oh, yeah. what, this, that's yeah. what this chapter is about. I mean, cute little story. My daughter, she's 13, and she was trying out for for a solo in the choir and in, in, in her chorus class, and uh, she didn't she didn't get it right. So she was upset. She she we were texting with each other, and I said, "Baby, how you doing? You know, like how's it been going?" It was a couple hours. She said, "I'm still really upset, but I'm going to make." send failure send my send fuel i'm just like <laughs> and of course i screenshot it yeah. and i was like that's yeah. it like yeah. that is what i want to teach my daughters and i have to continue to teach myself because when you do make a mistake you are a little embarrassed like there's right. human stuff that's real and that, but you don't have to let that define oh, you we don't have to beat ourselves up for it with no. it forever yeah no and also yeah. the flip side of that is we are conditioned to believe, uh, all of us, myself included, that women need to be perfect as well. Yeah. So yeah. we have to give women some grace and some dignity when there is mistakes and say, hey, we make mistakes. Things like this happen. Like, let's go. And this is an opportunity for us to begin again. And if we do that, if we collectively do that, then more and more and more seats at the table will be taken up by women. I promise you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with the with with all of this, tell us. You know, you're, I want to know about your a little bit about your childhood, growing up outside of Rochester, New York. So tell us a little bit about that, because a lot of of who you are, and and you know, for most of us, for me, you know, growing up with three brothers, it it, it changed things for me. Then if I w I never had a sister, you know, so this type of thing. But w what grew up, and when you started to play soccer, and you know, moving forward, and then getting to an all girls high school. Yep. And that was a very different scene for you. You saw girls change. Yeah, yeah. When they're not around guys, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that growing up in Rochester was a great place to be raised. Um, I knew I didn't. I, I knew I wasn't long for Rochester, New York. It was. It's a beautiful place for raising children. I just knew that I had a different mindset uh, and a different life plan. Um, and I also, you know, I was on a team of girls my whole life. So playing soccer and playing basketball at a young age, I really felt like, oh, I really bought into this idea of team. Being the youngest of seven children, I had two eldest sisters and four brothers, you know, and we were very sports-centric. All of us played sports. We had to. It was not like, not an option. We had to play sports, thankfully, right? Yeah. Um, and, and because I was I was as good as at playing soccer as I was, I got an opportunity to travel with uh, the youth national teams, and you know, I think that our childhoods provide opportunity for later trauma relief. <laughs> you know, that's I, perfect. That's a great way to say it. I it think really that is. our childhoods yeah. they mess us all up. For, for one reason or another, you know, like one of my friends actually said, like, your parents, like, they're going to mess you up. It's just a matter of how much or how little, right? Like, it's, it's just inevitable. their job. Yeah. Like, right. and, and so that, that's the kind of humility I take on when, I, when I'm parenting my own kids. Like, I'm totally going to mess up. And it's actually really been super healing for me because I get to, I get to uh, 
teach and, and, and parent my children in ways that heal certain childhood traumas that I experience because I get to do it differently right. um, by my choice. And, uh, and you know, I'm sure they're going to probably 10, 20 years down the road be like, why did you do it like that? I wish, it, I wish you were harder <laughs> on me. I wish you were this. I wish you were that. And that's just the. That's I think that's just the part of being parent. It is. You try and fix what you thought messed you up, and then you you do your own messes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and so you know, I know that my parents did the very best that they could, and um, I feel so blessed because this book and writing down what I believe to be true, and then envisioning a truer, more beautiful existence for us, for people down here. Um, this book gave me an opportunity to figure out what I know and to also create more hope for myself. You know, the world feels like so on fire half the time. It feels like something's about to blow up, literally and figuratively. And I think that uh, I just needed to put something out there that felt positive, that felt, that felt um, in our control, that felt doable. Uh, and, and it's quick, you know, it'll take you an hour to get oh, through. Yeah. And I think it's going to encourage a lot of women to form these groups that they feel like everyone can be who they are, but we're here for each other. Yes. And I think those are a multitude. When you see, see what happened with, after the 16 election yeah. and what women did to yeah. join yeah. groups and, and do something and to be activists and do yes. something about it. But I think there's going to be, this will be encouragement for a lot of people to join groups that they just need to be in a pack yeah and, and they need to feel that wolf and and i tell you the truth i was having a rough day the other day and i pulled out this book and i read a couple of things and it made all the difference for me but it made me want to be that wolf yeah, yeah. well yeah. and and that's the thing that's why having a pack is so important because you're going to have tough days you're going to have you know you're going to have exciting things that happen and like life is meant to be shared we will get where we want to go faster, quicker, more efficiently. If we have people around us joining us on this journey, um, I learned that from my time on the national team, and I'm excited to continue to try to share this. And however people want to want to express their Wolfpack way or their their and their groups or creating groups, awesome. I'm I'm in. I and I want I want all these Wolfpack warriors to take me wherever we should go. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's going to be huge. Yeah, thank you. Abby, I do a quick little quiz at the end of these interviews. Oh, I like oh, those. These ones. Yeah. So whatever comes to mind. Okay. Some of them will be sports related. Some will be just you. Some will be a couple of book things. Okay. okay. Do you remember a favorite book when you were a kid? The Giving Tree, for sure. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, do you remember uh, maybe, who, okay, who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Um, I would say the most impactful player to me personally was Mia Hamm. Um, but Michelle Akers was probably my favorite yeah. soccer player of all time because she played the game like I had dreamed that yeah. I could play the game. Okay, any book you've read your entire life, you've been an evangelist for, you could not tell enough people they had to read it. Love Where, my, mom, my, my wife's yeah. book. That's a good choice. That's an excellent choice. <laughs> she would have been so okay. upset if I didn't say that. <laughs> She's right over there. I'm <laughs> just kidding. She's okay, the how, about, how about a book you've read with your kids? Or something you shared with them that has been... Nevertheless, memorable. she persisted. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And then, how, what is your most memorable wolf pack moment of any pack you've been in? A moment that still resonates with you, that really gets you here, uh, that you can remember? This is a good question. Um, you know, I mean, even these last few days, my team who who created the launch and... 
um, help me create the cover and help me create uh, and, and figure out the editing, like Glennon, her sister. Um, I have a couple of former teammates coming to the event tonight. I have, um, you know, I created a leadership company called Wolfpack Endeavor, and the we're doing a, a, a session here in Chicago, and they're all here tonight. There's 20 women here tonight. It's like, you know, my mind is blown that, that, Though I was once a part of a different wolf pack of the national team, uh, and still very much a part of all of their lives and forever will be, um, I have to continue to create my new wolf pack and my new life and, and the journey of life because life is long and you've got to keep adding people uh, year after year and just keep making your wolf pack bigger. What a great conversation with U.S. gold medalists on the women's soccer team, Abby Wambach. She's also a national team international winner. This is a wonderful new book she's written called Wolfpack. It's how to come together, unleash our power, and change the game. A wonderful book for women about becoming who you are and joining a pack and becoming the wolf and supporting one another. You've got to read this one. Thanks for joining me on Authors Revealed.